0: So, we're starting a, a series of so six weeks of dif- different teaching content. It's called uh, Invited to Reach that has a small group conversation that goes along with it. Um, the, I, the, the premise behind this was based upon the elders and the pastors getting away over the summer, and we continued to hear God's invitation to ask for the impossible to step beyond even the sense. We had this sense even a few years ago, or last year, two years ago, about from Ephesians 3.20, about, about God wanting to do more than we could imagine or even ask by His power that's at work within us. And so we were like sensing that God was not inviting us to move beyond that but to remain in it, but to even so to, for our expectations to rise and for us to, to, to ask, to ask God for the impossible. So this series called Invited to reach. Now, you know the expression, that's a reach, right? If I told you that um, I wanted to dunk a basketball, you would say, Bo, that's a reach. And it, and it would be. But when we're talking about this, we're talking about these things that are, that are reaches. And for some of us, that reach, and this invitation to reach is going to be an invitation to reach for God, It's going to be an invitation to reach beyond what we know that we have the capabilities of doing in ourselves, through our own means, through our own strength, but to to reach in with the possibility of God moving in power for the sake of someone else. Maybe a prayer for healing. Maybe the reach is he's inviting you and some others to step into something that you know you can't meet, but he's inviting you to reach so that his love can pour upon a group of people, maybe it's for the poor, maybe it's for those enslaved in the sex trade, maybe it's, right, maybe it's for um, immigrants that are continuing to come to our country and, and, and struggling in order to find a place. So it's an invitation to, to reach. And so we want to invite you on this because we think God is inviting us to ask for the impossible. Walt Disney kind of had that saying, um, why, why is this? Because it's more fun, Right? the whole thing. It's kind of fun to do the impossible. Now, we're not saying that we have this ability to do the impossible, but God does, and he's inviting us to reach. So, the next six weeks, we want our expectations to increase and our resignations to decrease, and we want to convince you. We want God to continue to convince you. We We want to push you and push all of us outside of these comfort levels and begin to reach. And we're not going to tell you what that is or because we don't know, but we think God is involved in doing this. And we know that it's going to be, in a sense, potentially uncomfortable. But we think it's way more fun. and It'll be real life. So I, I'm excited for this, and my expectation is already increasing. So let me pray for us, and I'll stop in with, with today's content for this. And so, Father... Would you come, God, and and by your favor and your goodness, may we all know that you were among us, that you, God, were among us to let us know you were with us and near to us and near to the brokenhearted and at work in this world today. God, may our bodies begin to feel the anticipation differently for what you could do, what was possible, as you would act. So God, come and have your way, we pray. Amen. So the series, Big ID, Invited to Reach, is, let me just read this for you, because we're going to try to be really clear in this. We are invited to reach for God's promised future of healing, wholeness, which is shalom, right? Wholeness. And reconciliation to invade our present realities. Life is filled with tension because we sense this promised future in our hearts, and yet we do not dictate how, when, or where God moves. In this tension, we can become disappointed, resentful, or even surprised. We may experience heartbreak. We may experience God's prompting. We may be surprised that God even shows up, but we will look for God's cues. And we will reach together towards God's promised future. And so today what we want to share is that there is a promised future for us. That God's promised future is good for us all. And that this future can and does sometimes invade our present. And we want our expectations to grow for this. And begin to ask and look for the cues of God and to start to reach. So that's the big idea for this today. Um, When we begin to ask for the impossible, we know there's a tension involved in this because we may not get what we ask for. And for some, that's a tension that is dangerous. And so we're going to recognize that attention over the course of the six weeks. We're going to talk to it, but we're going to begin to encourage to reach. So the passage today is from 1 Samuel. It's chapter 14, verses 6 to 15. Uh, this is in the context of the nation of Israel, when they were united and they got their first king, who was the King Saul, they had one victory battle, and they also had one where they lost, where they, they didn't win. And um, they were being attacked by raiding parties, so the Philistines are coming in and stepping in and stealing stuff, and the country is not secure, is not strong, and it's not mighty. They have no weapons, they have two swords total, that's what the text tells us, and they they have an army, but they have no weapons, no war. You know, they're people willing to fight, but they have like farmers' tools. Um, but yet, God has appointed them a king, and has told them that He's with them, and that He has a good future of their deliverance. And this is the story of in First Samuel fourteen, and it happens to be the king's son, whose name is Jonathan. And he's, uh, so here's, uh, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, because Jonathan was kind of out and about with the armor bearer, the guy who carries his shield, and he's with him. He has a sword, and the guy behind him has a shield, and they're out and about sort of assessing what's happening, and there's enemies around who have raided into the country of Israel, and who are raiding cities, and stealing stuff, and hurting, and oppressing the people. And so Jonathan says to his armor bearer, come. Let us go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. That's another expression for the people who were the Philistines who were there raiding in their country. And here's the statement he says. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, as armor bearer said. Go ahead. I'm with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, come on then. We'll cross over towards them and we'll let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we'll, we'll stay there and we, uh, where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we'll climb up, because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines. The Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor-bearer, Come up to us, and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into our hand, into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor-bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area about a half an acre. Then panic struck the whole army, those in the camp and field, and those in the outpost and raiding parties, and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. If you, read, if you keep reading, um, this panic strikes them all. They, be, they start running. They pull out their own swords, the Philistines, these raiding parties. They begin, so, in this great confusion, fighting each other, killing each other. And all of a sudden, this ragtag army of Israel and the king is kind of like, what in the world's going on out there? Um, and they say, well, it looks like there's confusion and our enemies are fleeing and running. And they're like, well, who started this? And they look out and they see... Jonathan and his armor bearer, well, the only ones they know are gone. And so they say, oh my word, God's done something. And they begin to pursue them and they had this mighty victory over them. So here's the story. And what I wanted to present and even just kind of mess with us today is that statement as this young armor bearer and and Jonathan are stepping out there to assess this situation. And they know that their country is not in the place where God has intended it because God has promised them good in their future, has promised them a land, and has promised them to, to be a people who would provide blessing to all the other surrounding nations. And they're not doing that. It was a promise. He was their God. They would be his inheritance, follow him, walk with him. And it wasn't happening. He's promised. And so they're like saying, okay. And they begin to look out, and Jonathan says this statement, perhaps the Lord will act. Perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, what does perhaps mean to you? Hey, perhaps God's in this. Perhaps it's this. It it, it speaks of uncertainty, but also possibility. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Now, the stakes are a little bit high in this situation, correct? I mean, he could die. Perhaps God will act on our behalf. His expectation was definitely pretty high. The potential for God to step in and to begin to move his good purposes for Israel and for the people of Israel and in the world could be unfolding right now. He's looking for the cues of whether God was at work and where. He says, perhaps it might be. Because we know that God can save if he's got a few or little. He, He doesn't need a big army. It's not us weighing out whether or not we can take this, but perhaps God would work. Perhaps God would act. And the armburst says, okay, I'm with you. And then what does Jonathan do? He sets up an either-or situation. Have you ever done this? I was talking to Nate about this, and he was like, I think I've done the one where it's like, you pull up to a red light, and it's like, if it turns green right now, I'll call the girl, and I'll ask her out. <laughs> right, that was, he remembers her like, you know, these sort of scenarios. Green. No? Green. Turn turned green, I'll call her and ask her out, right? You know, have you ever set up an either-or, if this happens, I'll do this, or if this happens, I'll do that? Testing maybe God or fate or whatever you would have it in order to respond. That's what Jonathan does. He says, okay, if, if they say, stay there, we'll come to you, uh, that's not a good sign for us, we're not going to step up. But if, but if they say, come over here, then he says, Then we'll know God's given them into our hands. That God, we'll, we'll put this out there, and if this is the answer, then God is the one who set this up. Is that dangerous thinking? Would that scare you? If I told you, I, I kind of said, Hey, I got this dice, and I'm going to roll it, um, and if it's one, two, or three, I'm going to do this, but if it's four, five, or six, I'm going to do this. If it's four, five, or six, God is the one who's directed me, and I'm going to do that. What would you think? Would I scare you? Yeah, probably, right? But what if there was an anticipation and expectation of God who said, I'm going to move. I'm on the work. I am moving now. That's, that's, he, he puts up this scenario. They move. They say, um, come to us. They don't say just come to us. They say, come to us and we'll teach you a lesson, you little punk. Right? Come to us and we'll teach you. And Jonathan was like, ha, ha. God's given them to our hand. And he steps in, and within an acre, my dad was like, hey, what's the size of this room? Is it an acre or half an acre? It's not even that, but he comes with his sword and his armor-bearer, and they begin to wipe out in this battle and takes out 20 people. He steps in, but it wasn't until after this. They strike then, and terror strikes, and then what happens? The ground begins to shake the shaking wasn't happening that God begins to move, and a panic spreads, and the ground shakes. See, we believe that this is a, a reach, that Jonathan was taking a reach here. He was invited to reach, and he was reaching. He was reaching towards this possibility, looking for the cues of God at work and stepping into it. And this is dangerous. As he expresses the uncertainty and possibility, he steps in and reaches. Now, in this series, when we talk about like invited to reach, let me put this out here. We're gonna say this every week. We do not have a system or some five step strategy that says, as you ask for the impossible, that we have the system that your ask is gonna be answered. There is no such system. If anyone tells you there is, they are lying. We have no system. We just have a God who's told us to ask that he can do the impossible. And so we ask. And in this, we know there's a ton of, of tension. The tension between, yes, God could move and answer our prayers and we celebrate it, and we hear the story, but also the tension of even our greatest nightmare unfolding and, and what we long for not happening. This tension between expectation of God doing something on behalf and resignation of saying God's going to do nothing. So we, we don't have a system. But also we want to say this too up front. When I talk about God moving on our behalf. So let me put it out here. God has moved on our behalf in one of the most decisive victories in all of history. He moved on in the person of Jesus Christ on our behalf to save, right? Jesus came and began to demonstrate the kingdom of God, God's rule over people and God's love for people and setting people free from addictions and slavery and blindness and healing them and raising the dead. But also he goes to the cross in order to set us free from our sin, from death, and from Satan. To set us free from this enemy and the destruction and the fear of death and the weight and the consequences of our own sin and our own rebellion. He has come and he has stepped in in order to save us on our behalf. And he did this through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And those who trust in Jesus, who put their hope in Jesus, who have found their life in Jesus say, oh, at the end of our days as we breathe our last, he will raise us too from the dead. Amen, right? The greatest miracles, our hope, and the reality of the resurrection dead that God has worked on our behalf. He's done that impossible that we're no longer afraid of death and He will resurrect us from the dead. That is a great miraculous, and we're not trying to minimize that. We're saying yes to that. Oh, yeah, God wants to, God is gonna raise the dead. He's gonna raise us from the dead. He's not gonna leave us in the ground. We're not afraid of death of disease, nor of the effects of the wage of sin because Jesus has paid that price to give us life. But God has not stopped working on our behalf after this beautiful triumph through the cross and resurrection. No, God is still at work, acting on our behalf with his power and presence. And we believe that we're invited to reach That perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Growing in expectation, pushing away the resignation, and moving forward to to ask God to reach. So when we think about expectation and uh, uh, resignation, right? We want to grow in it. And expectation is we're talking about that, that perhaps God would move. But resignation. When you resign, here's the thing. What does resignation feel like? What words come with resignation? Defeat. Defeat. You know what the thing is, and we may, we've been kind of processing that, I think resignation sometimes just feels like the norm. That it sneaks up on us. That yet, when we have expectation, we feel it deeply. We're, we're jittery, heightened when we we're expecting. But when we've resigned, I think it's just sort of slow we don't even know it we've resigned into right like you're not even aware that it's happened resigned to the realities of life resigned to the realities of whatever it might be in your marriage and people being sick whatever it is right we've resigned and saying this is as good as it gets this is just how it is this is how the cards have played out this is what it is and a lot of times we don't even know we're not even aware we're not even speaking it out loud. We're not even calling it that. But resignation is maybe these things think, like, well, God's not in this, and or this is just the way it is. And resignation, it's not like it's your fault, right? Not like my fault. There's usually a ton of things that have happened in our lives, wounds and heartaches. And betrayal, and and nightmares, and um, violence and abuse and different things that have taken place, right over a period of time. That that sort of leave this reality of maybe this is just how it is. I've been fighting with this for so long, or this that my friend has been struggling with this for ages, and maybe this just doesn't change. So it's not like it just comes out of anywhere. There's usually a story behind all of our resignation of a situation, of the consequence, of the reality that has left us sort of resigning that maybe God would work or act on our behalf or even hoping for it or asking for it or leaning into it. And in some way, when it comes to resignation, we need our palate cleansed from previous experiences that have led us to think that this is how it goes cleansing of the palate to be able to believe of something different because with expectation comes this longing something's going to change living to that uncertainty with the possibility and to live into this is filled with tension the tension of the now and the not yet see tension is kind of like this rubber band right now, tension is when you stretch it, right? There, there's tension. And so we live in a world filled with tension. You can't escape it. So can I have a couple people who can help illustrate tension for me? I need, I really, I need two to start with. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I mean, we're going to add some tension here, folks. <laughs> I need, I, need, I need two more people to help me to illustrate tension and the kind of tension that we're talking about in here in the rubber band, right? When we talked about, about God working and moving, I need, I need two more people to help me. You don't have to, you're not going to pull the rubber band. Oh, yeah. But, come on, here, Betty and Catherine. I need you to tape this onto Matt, and you can use the pink tape. And Betty, tape tape that. No, tape it on your shoulder so they can see it onto Brian. Tape it really good on him, right? We want him We want him to see it. Here's the tension that we were feeling and sensing in this reality, of asking for the the impossible. Matt is going to be wearing this statement on him right here. can I use pink? You can use pink too. Yeah, tape him on it real good. So Matt is the now, The kingdom is now. God's breaking in now in the work of Jesus Christ. He said, "Hey, the kingdom has come. It's upon you. The now says, it's here. We're stepping in with the power of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. man, it is now. It is happening now. Healings can happen now. Those stuck in addiction can be set free now. Those with anxiety are set loose now. The world is being restored and healed. It's reconciliation and healing now. That's the now, right? The reality. Give that a good pull, Matt. Hey, it's now. But there's something else pulling on this side. It's called the not yet. And the not yet says, yeah, we understand that Jesus moved in it, but if we look at the world... And the way that it's functioning now, disease and illness and and hurt and suffering has not left in fullness. And so it creates a tension. Well, let's let's see. That's (laughs) right. Now, what happens if you choose not to embrace? Pull a little, you guys are, come on, let's, let's stretch this out. There we go. What happens if you choose to not embrace the tension? What, what would happen if he just said, it's all now. There's no tension. And Brian, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> to live in that reality that is all now um, is meaning that if someone is not experiencing the now power and presence and in working, everything is possible of God. If you're not experiencing that, your only answer is, well, it's your fault. You don't got faith there's something wrong with you, but well, you're not doing it right, right, because it's now. And you begin to ignore the reality of still the brokenness and the hurting and the pain and the dysfunction, and so you begin to act like, well, no, no, you've already gotten it. No, 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 you're, you're it's done. And so you begin to live sort of deceived. But what happens if, if Matt lets go of this, and, and it's going to smack Brian in the face, and if it's all not yet? The all have not yet says, hey, <laughs> this doesn't happen anymore. God doesn't, I mean, he, he did, he's, he's going to raise us all from the dead. And in that day, everything's going to be set right. And that'll all be done. But, but now, you actually can't expect for more than that. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough to think that God's done that? But you can't, he, he, they don't do those things anymore. Those things don't happen anymore. And so you sort of resign, right? To the reality that God is not actually wanting to work and move powerfully in the lives of his people in the case of this world. But yet, we want to talk about verse six weeks that there is this tension. We want to acknowledge this tension that does not go away. It's this tension between the now and the not yet. Um, John Wimber, there was a a theologian by the name of Ladd who kind of talked about this between the now and the not yet as a way of saying we're invited to fully step in. That God has given us His Holy Spirit to be working us. He's inviting us to participate in this world. But we're in this tension between the now and the not yet. And we don't have an answer except to say that yes, yeah, it's not fully happened and one day everything's going to be made right. Revelation 21 verses 1 to 5 says, hey, there's a day coming that every tear is going to be wiped away, that every disease is going to be done with, that every suffering and crying and poverty is going to be done. That's the future. That is going to happen. It hasn't fully happened yet. But yet, we see modeled out in the reality of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and what is happening in the world, and as we read the scriptures, this bigger reality with God and his church that he's at work now in the world and still wanting to do more in order for his reality to be known so, that's so that this future reality could invade our present moments. So that we've got these tastes of the future of God's healing and reconciliation and wholeness that could step into our right now. And we see that happening through the Scriptures. This seems to be the reality. But in it is a tension. And so we call stepping to this tension, stepping into the radical middle. This is not compromise. It's the radical middle. Are you guys getting tired yet under the tension? You're not excused. Stay here all through the whole service. (laughs) And after. The radical middle. The radical middle moves you out of your comfort zone. And so the radical middle for the one who says it's all now is to enter into the suffering with those who are not experiencing it now and to walk with them. That's going to move them out of their comfort zone. It's not just, oh, I I prayed this and you prayed this. We're done. We're done. That's your fault. No, it's like saying, no, I'm going to walk with you in your pain and we're going to continue to walk with you. I'm going to hold your hand in a radical way. I'm going to move out of my comfort and I'm going to sit with the hurting and the suffering and I'm going to be with them in it as Jesus stepped into ours And by God's spirit and grace, he's going to equip us to step in out of our comfort zone that says, oh, okay, and step into there and begin to step in with those who are hurting. With not easy answers, with no trite answers, but with presence in their pain. And the radical middle of the not yet is to say he's going to move them out of his comfort zone and to say, well, maybe God's in this. Maybe God will act on our behalf. Maybe maybe God is wanting to do something more. Maybe the the future reality could step in now, and they'll begin to move outside of their their mindset that this isn't happening now. We want to step into the radical middle here. Here's the truth of what we're talking about as we say yes to God's invitation to reach. And I'm not talking about this is something we solve in six weeks. (laughs) This is a life that Jesus is inviting us to live in as as his people. I believe as we step in, and we too hear his invitation to reach, we will see the impossible happen. (laughs) We will see the now. We will see God's future plans breaking into our now. We'll see it. But here's the other thing. That I think we will see too. That was my son making a fart noise here in the front. <laughs> right right at the moment that I was gonna hammer home, right? <laughs> we will see it now. But here's the thing, church, that I need us to hear, because this is us telling the truth about the tension that we live in. As you say yes to this invitation to reach, you will also more than likely have your heart torn out of your chest. Because there is no guarantee as we step into love and to reach that what we're reaching for happens. And we will long to see God's future break into some people's realities and it not happen. And we won't be able to explain why. And our heart will break, but we will not resign. And we will continue to step into the tension and fully love and fully ask. This is what it is to be invited to reach, and this is what we want to invite you into, with an expectation to increase. So, guys, thank you. <laughs> we're going to talk about this tension more, right? But if we need to set up the tension today. We're going to spend a whole week on that. But as we, as we go today, I just wanted to end with just a couple of things in this response of stepping in to moving us out of our comfort as we join with the hurting, as we reach for God's uh t- to happen this is this is a, a text from some things that John Wimber kind of said in this right i think this is awesome it says that we believe that a necessary tension will always exist between the now and the not yet of god's kingdom we pray for the sick and we have seen many healed we do the work of compassion and we have seen the poor restored to hope But we do not always see the results that we want to see this side of heaven. Yet we believe with every faith filled act of prayer and action, a reach puts a deposit of love into the person who's suffering. With the reach, puts a deposit of love into everybody who's hurting. Right? Regardless of what happens, we get it, there's a deposit that is made in them. For as we, when we're acting on their behalf and reaching into a really tough situation and for God to intervene and to move, as we step in with the community of people to love people, we begin to ask God for the impossible. A deposit is made. It's not hurting them. A deposit of love is made as we begin to act on their behalf. Another statement from... Wimber in the community of the Vineyard says, We believe that Christians are commissioned and empowered by the Spirit of God to do the works of the kingdom. With Jesus, we are empowered by the Spirit to bring the presence of God's future to our streets, neighborhoods, towns, and cities, in the hospitals, homes, and hearts in which He sends us. So, how's your expectation? Do you have a growing expectation? Are you growing in resignation? Where are you now on this journey of this invitation to reach? Are you sensing God's cues where he's even inviting you to reach? Where he's at work and he's showing it? Where he's awakening you to what he's longing to do in the world and he's inviting you to join him into things that seem impossible that are bigger than you? Are you looking for where God is at work and he's inviting you to join him? Maybe it's right in front of your nose in your own home in your neighborhood, in your city. Maybe it's internationally. We don't know. But God is the one who's going to continue to let you know if you begin to ask, God, where are you at work and you want me to join you? I have seen God, I've seen God meet those kinds of impossible prayers. I wonder how many times I've prayed impossible prayers. I, I don't know, right? It's kind of hard to gauge. Maybe a thousand. I think i maybe hit a thousand. And I can count some times when, when God has actually immediately heard it. Immediately. And kind of a number of times with with caramel and struggling with a migraine and her back going out, and ask just the simplest prayer, and boom, God meets it and it goes away immediately. And I'm always looking for what did I do that time? How can I do that again? I'm also surprised when it happens. And when I pray for other folks, I sometimes I don't know if something happened or not. But yet God has met those. And it's not because I prayed it right. It's because we have a God who's stepping in in order to meet the needs of others, and who loves us. I want your expectation to grow, and with that, you need a renewed imagination. So John 5, 17 says this. When Jesus was being questioned about how, why he healed somebody on the Sabbath, he said this. My Father is always at work to this very day, and I, too, am working. And so, church... The Father's at work, and yes, He was at work in the person of Jesus, and He was at work to redeem the world and to put an end to death, sin, and Satan through the death and resurrection of Jesus, but the Father is still at work in the world today for His good work to meet its desired end. It is going there. It is for sure, but He's still at work. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's handiwork. He's at work in you. We are His handiwork created in Christ Jesus. A new work, a recreation where He's wanting to do that in you to do good works. So as He partners in us and with us, beginning to renew us in our new identity in Him, He's moving us to good works, which God prepared for us to do. The Father is at work in us. We are being recreated in Jesus for a good work. And the groundwork is being laid in us and around us. Groundwork is being laid in us and around us for us to join with what God is doing in the world. Are you able to see the cues and step in? And we want to invite you to reach May your imagination be renewed with the possibility. Uh, One last thing in this is that um, in this text of Jonathan, he had this whole possibility, possibly God's in this. And he puts out out this, this, he's looking with new eyes and says, God, if you're in this, I'm going to step in. He tests the water and he steps in and God moves. But there was something else that was really crucial on this journey of Jonathan. He He had somebody with him. He had somebody with him who responded this way. He's like, Do what you have on your mind. Do what you got your mind set up with you. I'm I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm with you. So, on this journey, on this journey of our lives, as we think God's inviting us to ask for the impossible. It, it, it's risky territory, and we need a renewed imagination that we begin to see God who is at work, and we begin to have a new reality set in us for what God wants to do, can do, and is doing in this world. But we also need people with us on this journey who say, Hey, do what you got on your mind. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Let me go with you. Let's do it. Church, we don't do it alone. So we're inviting you in the small groups this week. That's what we're going to be talking about. As you step into a small group, we're going to be just sort of assessing, hey, where are we when we think about expectation or resignation of God doing, of stepping into reach, of God doing the impossible in the world? Are we living in great expectation? Are we living in great resignation? Why? Where are you? Where would you rank yourself? We're going to engage in that conversation and then we're going to join with others on this journey and say, how do we come along beside each other and be able to say, hey, I'm with you. As you begin to look for where God's at work, let me join with you. I'm with you, heart and soul, on this journey of reaching and being invited to reach for where God's at work. Let's pray. So, Father, would God come and renew our imaginations God, would would, would you, by your Holy Spirit, God, come and fill us you capture our imagination that you, God, are at work and active, and that with you nothing is impossible. So, God, would you lead us in a conversation? Would you grab us by the hand, God, and begin to shape us so that we could join with you with what you're doing in the world? that we could be we could go out together, God, as a church and be your church. Where you are moving your future where your future reality is happening now. So we do pray, God, let your kingdom come. Now on earth. Your rule let it be expanded. And God, would you speak to us? Would you draw us out of the resignation that we might be in? And God, would you do something in our hearts that we could see hope and sense you moving way more than we imagined or expected? Come, Lord. Shake the world. let us feel it rumble and shake with your movement that we could be encouraged to take that next step with you in it shake our worlds Lord with your goodness and power that would liberate set free and deliver people we ask not because we're perfect not because we're good not because we have it together not because we've done all the right steps We ask because you are good and perfect and you have done all the right steps to save us, to redeem us, to adopt us, to love us, and to move on behalf of the small and the weak. Come, Lord. Amen.